everyone in the States is angry at everyone and there's sides, but when you go out in the world, you don't meet those people. I have to realize that my audience isn't on fucking Twitter all day. Yeah. The actual asses and seats, the warm bodies, have fucking lives. It's the best feeling when you have a bit that you know the audience is gonna laugh at and then think, oh, that was wrong, but it's too late because you laughed because I'm right. And so, like, I, I, I write as a defense attorney. Okay, I'm gonna take something that would go against the grain of the audience, mm. find a fucking loophole that makes perfect sense, like a defense attorney, yeah. and then you can't handle the truth. I accidentally ate a bunch of gummies when I was cleaning out the fucking bar before football Sunday, and I thought, no, oh, this is a must be a special bag of gummies. Cause you ate a bag of weed gummies. I ate four. You ate four? Ten, ten milligrams. How, what, what kind of state were you in? Well, I, that, it was weird because it was during when I was trying to do Sober October, and that's why I was out <laughs> cleaning on a Saturday night because I was sober and I didn't know what to do with myself. I hate myself. I'm watching my podcast in my head. I'm watching what you're watching, and I'm like, just shut the fuck up, dude. Hello and welcome to Trigonometry. I'm Francis Foster. I'm Constantine Kissing. And this is a show for you if you want honest conversations with fascinating people. Our brilliant guest today is a comedy great, Doug Stanhope himself. As you can probably tell, we are in the world's smallest hotel conference room. Doug Stanhope is about to join us in a second when we give him the green light. This episode is not for the claustrophobic. Doug Stanhope, welcome to Trigonometry. Hi, sorry uh, that we're in this fucking access room of the executive lounge. No, you're, you're the superstar. <laughs> we came to you, Doug. Yeah. That's how, how did it you works. score this? How did you score the room at the last minute when you we, realized? We paid for it <laughs> yeah. in advance. We knew the fuck up was going to happen, that your hotel room wasn't going to be big enough. Precious, so so yes. we got it back up. Uh, but Doug, uh, you're one of our favorite comics. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, tell everybody how you got into comedy. Like. What was it that drew you to it? Nobody, nobody really cares. Absolutely nobody cares. <laughs> we can. We can. We can. Comedy. And no one has a good story about how I thought I was funny and I couldn't do karaoke and I couldn't do other things. And so. You, you no fucked up childhood, none of that? No, That's what most comics have, one of them. No, not really. My pretty tame childhood. I mean, I was the problem in my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Other people had a bad time because of me. Yeah. I was a problem child, but not because of any kind of outside influence. I can't blame the parents. <laughs> just didn't, yeah. Because you've got like a unique style of comedy. They, you've forged your own path in many ways. Like, how did you get about doing that? How did you start to create what we know is like Doug Stanhope style comedy. I have no idea. It's been 32 years, so. Yeah, I, I, I didn't start doing this. I wasn't some prodigy where I had opinions or <laughs> something before my time. I was 23 and did masturbation jokes and whatever, you know, titty bars and pornography. And we were talking about this, uh, me and Hennigan, uh, I'm very high, by the way, and I've been doing this for the entire tour. So the show you saw last night, that's where it kind of went, all right, maybe too high last night. Like, I could not read the room. <laughs> <laughs> People were yelling at me to... Make jokes about the Queen. Well, <laughs> yesterday, for people who are watching yeah, this back, it was the day the Queen uh, of the Queen's... It's the, the day, day of her funeral, funeral pyre. pyre. Yeah, yeah. The, the funeral pyre. That's not how we do things in England. We don't have a pyre. Oh, really? You're fucking advanced? <laughs> how progressive of you. We just, not just burn the body at the end of the tour. Imagine we just stuck the Queen on a pyre. <laughs> just went all Viking and yeah. shit it's, on it's, it. It's, the idea of a Queen is as fucking antiquated as a funeral pyre. That's a good point. You might as well burn yeah. her in the town square. Well, on the day of her funeral, Doug. Well, well no, that. that's what a fucking funeral is for most yeah. people, is being burned yeah, that is alive, true. but they're dead. 
Yeah. Yeah. Burned dead. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so you ended the North Sea, burning boat. You ended your show with a joke that didn't that caused silence, and you said, "I thought we'd have a moment silence for the Queen," and walked off stage. Did I say that last night? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Oh shit. That is funny. That's a great bit of ad lib. I don't remember the end of that show. That's the problem. Because I'm not a high guy. I've never been a pot guy. And I started playing with it during the quarantine. Uh-huh. Uh, just edibles. And uh, and then I did it on stage just as a tester coming into the UK in Detroit. Where I took it on stage when I started to go, okay, if it goes poorly, I, I'll be at the end anyway. I'll just bail a little mm-hmm. early. And it went great. And then... We ran into edibles on the beginning of this tour, and I'm like, I'm. So I did like full high day. It's the day we did the Have a Word podcast, yeah, yeah. and that was fun. Like the whole day, I was, and so I was high on stage. I'm like, I'm getting high on stage every fucking night, which I never did in my whole career. So last night was the only time I went, eh, maybe too big of a room. <laughs> <laughs> Are you enjoying the whole edibles experience? Because I'll be honest with you, we all love an edible here. Yeah, I fucking enjoy writing. I actually enjoy the process of writing where when I had to come back after 18 months off, I was writing a set by myself high and I just started writing like longhand, like everything I'm saying. And then I got like a a heckler. I'm writing a heckler heckling me and then I'm trashing the heckler and I'm laughing my balls off. Like this is worth nothing. (laughs) This is just an imaginary show that I just wrote out longhand. And uh, yeah, I I like the the creativity and... uh, It's it's like doing... Doing drugs and then doing an art form, which I think stand-up is like... It's so much fun. The only problem is, is like you alluded to before, is when it tips too far. Like I remember once. Well, I mean, it takes away some of your skills that yeah. you're, you're, like I'm watching my brain react to a heckler, to someone yeah. shouting out, to me bluffing a segue, and I'm watching my brain watch itself, almost like 3D imaging, mm. and I'm just having a completely different experience on stage where, but then you lose a skill like, all right, I heard that guy just scream again. (laughs) Make fun of the queen! (laughs) How loud is that? Do I need to address that? And I'm watching my brain process all the things that are usually on airplane mode in your comic brain. You know what's happening, but I'm watching that happen. It was fucking great. Probably not so much for the audience. (laughs) (laughs) And Doug, you mentioned not doing stand-up for 18 months. What was that like? Bliss. (laughs) That's when I realized what I want to do with my life is absolutely nothing. (laughs) You you didn't miss it? You didn't miss the buzz? Oh. Not at all? No. Really? None. I missed none of it. That's incredible. Because I stopped doing stand-up after the pandemic. I was like, this isn't good for me. That like the lifestyle is killing me, you know, traveling around and doing the show. I've got another thing that I really enjoy doing. So you really, but but I always thought you, I imagined you would like, it would be the thing you'd miss it. Like crazy. You've been doing this for 30 years, man. I know. At some point you go, hey, I think I've said everything that I need to say. I don't know how else to repackage this. Uh, and. Uh, but I did have, a, I had a, I thrived during, yeah, great but I, I bought that house. At that point, it was 15 years I'd lived there mm-hmm. and I didn't know where my shit was. Really? And I just had a year and a half to go, okay, I'm going to fucking organize the Tupperware <laughs> drawer. Like you just has a 32 years of traveling. Yeah. So you get home, maybe you have a couple months off at best, but you're just like dumping your bags, repacking your bags to go out again. That gave me a sense of home. Mm. Mm. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. man. And listen, let's talk about your show a little bit because one of the things that uh, you talk about in your in your current show is... How did you come up with trigonometry? <laughs> I, it wasn't hard, man. <laughs> that was Because when he said the name, I'm like, all right, that's going to be a play on words. Is it trick, trick, trigonometry? I go, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And if you have a brilliant title, 
the, the album will follow. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, trigonometry. Well, we, we were trying to sort of say to people, we might have controversial conversations with different people. We wanted to be free, basically, to have whatever conversation we wanted. So it's kind of a trigger warning in a way. Like we're saying, this might be offensive to someone. Yeah, that's why I was wondering why you're asking me how I started comedy. <laughs> fuck about it. All right, what do you think about the Jews, Doug? <laughs> no, no, but listen, like I was, I was going to ask you because in your show you, you've got a very strong anti-authoritarian bent to the stuff you talk. And about. I'm trying to downplay that now. Why? Why? Because everyone's got a fucking opinion, and like you have to balance what's going on with like i used to be very anti-government mm -hmm. until anti-government like i okay you're doing it wrong like i'm trying to soft touch how to be anti-government and I'm, I'm working on things that again the edibles fucking help <laughs> create like oh i'm actually thinking creatively mm -hmm. without forcing it because yeah. i have a tour coming up yeah uh, but then you go, okay, now I have too much information and I don't fucking know. So uh, I'm going with what I know right now, which is not shit. Mm. Uh, but that's, so that's but everyone's got a fucking opinion, like yeah. overnight. And, and does that make comedy more difficult, the fact that everyone's got an opinion? Whereas before, like you'd go out and do some stuff and whatever it may be, most people would be like, okay, I'm going to listen. Whereas now they're like... I, I, I riffed on that last night about... The whole, there was a construct of what's really going on. Mm. If they said there's a, we're at war with Afghanistan, everyone's on the same page that we're actually at war with Afghanistan. Now it's split into every news is fake news and mm. that's yeah. manipulated and that's slanted and, and you have no idea what the fuck. And then you realize, I don't care. <laughs> None of this affects me. Yeah. There's no truth anymore, is what you're saying. That's, uh, yeah, and I, I quote Roseanne Barr, she said that to me, where she, I was doing her podcast, and mm -hmm. she's got fucking QAnon Benson, she's, yeah, and she knows she's mentally ill, and she goes, yeah, how do we do comedy anymore when there's no such thing as truth left? And it's, that was the most important thing I heard during quarantine. Mm -hmm. like, so, how, so... What is the path for a comedian now? How do you do jokes when everyone's got their own different version of reality? Well, uh, talk about the shit that matters to you. Uh, talk about your life. If, if you're just talking about your opinion of what you hear on mainstream media or not mainstream media because you're cooler than that mm. and <laughs> you still get someone else's fucking opinion... Yeah, maybe you should do something <laughs> with your life. Yeah. Well, coming back to my anti-authoritarian question, the reason I was asking you is that, like, the comics I grew up watching, the Carlins and the Hickses, they were pushing back against the authoritarianism that was coming from the Christian right in particular, right? They were pushing back against that. And the political landscape has changed so much now. It's kind of, you know, in, in America, you've got the Democrats, they're in power now. How does that affect... I know all of this stuff. <laughs> I, I don't care. Yeah. Well, the, the problem is I've, I've reached a, a, a saturation point where I've lived through almost everything. Like, I've never, none of us grew up in a day where everything's fine now. True. Mm. It's always been the end of times on some level, and they just it just comes from more, you know, sources now. Now, there's, you can't get away from that the world is fucking dying feed. I grew up with four channels, but they were a four channels of this is the most important election ever. Yeah. Well, which one wasn't in hindsight? Tell me which election you were wrong about that wasn't the most censorship, feminism, the 70s with this sensitive man <laughs> and uh, pronouns. They always say, oh, we, don't, we don't want to be called Miss or Mrs. We want to be called Ms. Mm. Yeah, I lived through the 70s of fucking pronoun changes. And yeah, they get fucking <laughs> lippy and then it, it trails off. And go, All right, no one's really going to do that. It always blows me away. Like every time I go to America, and I love America, I think it's a fucking great country. I think part of the reason we, we shit on it in this country is because we're jealous, if I'm being honest. But like the fear porn that comes from American news broadcasters 
it's it's another level. Yeah, and I, I that whole Roseanne quote. Yeah, where I go, like I don't even know. Like everyone in the states is angry at everyone, and there's sides. But when you go out in the world. You don't meet those people. Mm. I mean, occasionally you'll see a MAGA hat or something, or someone with a Prius with too many bumper stickers. But <laughs> no, you're making me think that those people hate me. Like the, the fear itself is constructed, or it's not. I don't know. Like I have no way to base an opinion mm. on. So I just talk about shit that I know. Yeah, about. I mean, yeah. When we were in Nashville. We were getting some chicken and there was a there was a guy who heard that we had a foreign accent and he said uh, how are you enjoying america blah 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 and we said oh we're actually quite enjoying it. and he 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 got <laughs> so pissed off you have no idea how can you how can you like this fucking country's gone like that's what he was like oh, yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> Uh, that's weird. That's weird. Like people here expecting me to shit on the queen. Yeah. Disappointed customers. And this lady on fucking Twitter. I should have never looked at Twitter last night when I was really fucking high. And uh, she's like, because the guy kept yelling out, uh, talk about the queen. And she goes, in that guy's defense, he should have just talked about the queen. And that would have shut the guy up. And he's had a whole week to write material about the queen. The queen is not, she said she should address the elephant in the room, which it's not my room. I, a queen doesn't fucking matter to me on any level in any part of my life. When I did shit on monarchy, or it was a, a special 10 years ago, I have nothing to say. Just the fact that you're angry and expect like I had a deadline to write queen jokes. <laughs> like who the fuck does the audience think they are anymore? Do you think audiences have become more entitled? Like, yeah. You do. Not mine generally, because yeah. uh, I do have a very niche, you know, chunk of the pie and no, no one comes in and, and fucks with me. But yeah, audiences, since comedy became, like since they could, take down comics. I don't know when that started. Uh, and we don't have a lot of crossover comics here. I don't know how much your social media, how many comics do you know, American comics, that you only know because of a Me Too or a cancel culture or yeah, yeah, said yeah, the wrong yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like how many American comics do you know that you wouldn't have known if they hadn't got in trouble? which means sold more tickets and got more famous. Yeah. Not a lot, probably, is the truth. Bill Burr, Joe Rogan, a few, you know. Patrick. If I didn't know Sadowitz, I'd know him now. I mean, yeah. I, I've never met him, but I'm aware of his legend. He's but I'd know him now just because of getting fucking canceled yeah. in, in Edinburgh at the Fringe. Yeah, have you ever seen his shows? No, no, I haven't. Fucking brilliant. He's an yeah. incredible comic, man. Life. You I know, know. I, his stuff cannot be on TV. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. yeah. Life is incredible. And I've heard about the, the backstory and his personality. Yeah. You know, I know guys like that. And yeah, yeah definitely bucket list to yeah. see Jerry Sadowitz. Oh, man, yeah. it's incredible. He, he, Another thing that asshole kept yelling out between, talk about the queen, and then he'd just yell, Jerry Sadowitz! <laughs> And I'm fucking high, like blind and one eye high. And I can hear and you can't see shit. And it's the Hammersmith. So yeah, if you're gonna take fucking high chances and ramble on, do it at the biggest place that you ever play, <laughs> ever. Hey Francis, if you were a member of the public, would you like the opportunity to ask incredible guests like Bill Burr, Jordan Peterson, Sam Harris, Adam Carolla, Brett Weinstein, John Barnes, Douglas Murray, Nigel Farage and Lionel Shriver your own questions? You bet I would. And what do you think the best way to do that would be? Uh, probably stalking, mate. You'd have to corner them in the supermarket, probably run near like the sort of frozen food aisles and then just bark questions at them before they, they can escape. Uh, not the American ones, as they have guns. And you'd have to be extra careful with the females, as that's how I got in trouble last time. Do you really imagine you're gonna get Douglas Murray near the frozen food aisle? If you want to ask our incredible guest questions and have access to phenomenal behind the scenes content, then you have to be on our locals. That's right, for only $7 a month, you get incredible extra content behind-the-scenes footage, giveaways, and also the chance to be part of an incredible community 
where you can meet and hang out with like-minded people. You get access to our American vlogs as we travel across the country interviewing our heroes. An extra 20 minutes of our viral Sam Harris episode as he discusses his approach to COVID. We're also going to start doing giveaways of exclusive trigonometry merchandise like this, a poster from our Edinburgh show signed by both of us. And also a House of Lords teddy, which you can only get in the House of Lords, signed by the one and only Baroness Fox. Locals also gives you access to an incredible online community. You can share memes, talk about the latest episode, or even make a new friend. Well, just one. Exactly, more than both of us have really. People are now doing meetups in their city because they love locals. In fact, some people enjoy it so much, they prefer it over the show. They prefer locals to trigonometry. If I have to get them executed, I'm the one that goes to jail. Right, go to trigonometry.locals.com. Only $7 a month for all that incredible content. Trigonometry.locals.com. See you there, guys. It's interesting that you say that, that people, have, their audiences have become more demanding because pre-pandemic, I, I, like, I started comedy in 2009 and I gradually noticed audiences change. And a part of it was like, is it just me? Like people, not everyone, the, the vast majority were always the same, but there was always that little pocket that just got more and more and more vocal when they were like upset about something or they were demanding something. Yeah, again, I, we, don't, we don't really have that problem in my mm -hmm. audiences yeah. uh, because at a certain ticket price, people aren't just shuffling in. Yeah. Oh, what's going on here? Oh, yeah, a private party, basically. Yeah. I'm not accepting new fans for a while. <laughs> I'm going to have to start filling up fucking applications. Because yeah. I, I, people know at this point what they're going to see. It's like an underground garage. Uh, but I do know social media is so fucked that, yeah, you, you will get people. that, But that's where... I have to realize that my audience isn't on fucking Twitter all day. Yeah. The actual asses and seats, the warm bodies, have fucking lives. And they don't sit around fighting these fake fights, which most of them are. Uh, so I don't, I don't know how much my act has changed mm -hmm. because of... Oh, yeah, guide me somewhere. That was me. No, 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 it's fine. I, I guess what you, you are, you're insulated from all this bullshit to some extent by virtue of where you are. Do you feel and do you feel like you've had to change your act in any way? Or are you you just doing you and that's it? No, I, I, I look back and stuff I have filmed yeah. over the years and there's a lot of it where I go, oh, shit. <laughs> I, like, there's a word or whatever that I... Yeah that's completely away from the point of mm. what I was saying, yeah. the point I was making, that they'd never hear the point because they heard the word. Right. So yeah. yeah, you look back and go, oh God, I hate the, that that whole thought is lost because I demanded to say a word. But that's the problem, isn't it, Doug? It's like when somebody looks at material that was done 15 or 20 years ago, and they're like, well, in 2022, this is unacceptable. And you say to them, yeah, but it's not 2022 for when that bit was filmed, whenever it was. Yeah, again, I am just straddling where I am never going to be famous enough to be canceled. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody knows. You'd have to, if you have to explain who the person is, then they're not canceled. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. You. So you think people people getting when they're getting cancelled? You mentioned Jerry Sadowitz or whatever. It's quite often whatever the intention. He literally got cancelled. Remember, cancel culture is this all enveloping term that doesn't quite make sense with right. every yeah. situation. Yeah. And uh, I, I wish I had a better fucking phrase to recoin it, but. What was the question? This show was canceled. <laughs> oh, literally. Yeah. Yes, it was literally canceled yeah. where he was doing a run at the Fringe Festival and evidently someone said, I don't fucking know. But I did, do yeah. know I read it and went, oh, Jerry Sadowitz tickets just went up in price. Yeah. And rightfully so. Yeah. 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 Do, do you ever find yourself, like, because 
I love you as a comic. You're, you're brilliant. And you you tend to go for the topics that are more controversial, the hot button topic. Is there an is there is there an attraction to you for wanting to hit that, or is it you just think fuck it? Well, I that's see. what's interesting to yeah. us. And I, I'm, I'm guessing rules still apply that in a green room, comics who are tired of fucking pablum, yeah, the first shit we talk about is you know awful things in a green room. Right. Yeah. The same way cops or you know, firefighters, gallows humor is what they call it. Mm. Yeah, we have gallows humor naturally because we've seen every other lighter form of comedy. And let's go down to the kick fucking part. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Just... And is it the challenge of making something like that funny because it's more challenging? Or is it just that? Well, you have to be interested first, I guess. You have to have a point of view. I mean, you can make up a point of view, and I know a million comedians are doing it now because it sells tickets. But yeah, if I don't have a belief in what I'm saying, and there's bits that I've tried to do, I know this is coming up. Uh, prison, just the, the, the whole prison institution, I've never had a strong bit about. And if there is one cause I would be behind, it's A, the, the unjustly uh, uh, incarcerated and just the prison system, the justice system itself. And, but I, then I just get too angry and I don't have jokes. And you can't make it funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I've never seen the angle and that's why we have to trip tonight. Do you have any ketamine? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. Uh, and But you, you talked at the beginning about how you started out and you were doing all the usual stuff that everybody does, particularly 30 years ago, all the masturbation jokes and all of that. Mm. When and how was the shift for you when you went, actually, I'm going to go in a, in a di different... Did that just evolve or was there... Yeah, a it just evolved with... the uh, like When you see character acts and you go, oh, this is really funny, but... How, where do you go from that? Yeah. Like, if yeah. you're talking about your life anyway. And when I was doing jerk-off jokes when I was 23, that's my life. Yeah. Jerking <laughs> off and chasing pussies. That's all you knew. So I was honest to myself. Yeah, that's <coughs> uh, yeah, when I started growing up and reading things and stuff. And, oh, hey, wait. This is world's kind of fucked up more than that girl wouldn't blow me at karaoke. <laughs> what, just, what, what do you read? What do you read about? Mm. Now, I pretty much, except for Sam Talent's book, Running the Light, which I know is coming over here because a few people, Bobby Mayer said, oh, my roommate got that and I'm going to fucking read it next. It's fiction, but it's about comedy, the, mm. specifically parts of comedy that... You know, oh my God, it's it's as good as Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and uh, that good, of, uh, those, that wow. well written, uh, and it came out at the same time as my book, and I spent more time promoting that book because I read it. I never read fiction; uh, it's mostly nonfiction. Anything that reading another prison book, hoping I'm gonna strike a chord of something funny in the most depressing shit ever. <laughs> And is is that the challenge for you to get to make the most depressing shit ever, which is, you know, the taboo subjects, which is a really tough, difficult subject, and make it funny? It's I don't have a challenge anymore, <laughs> but it's the best feeling when you have a bit that you know the audience is gonna laugh at and then think, oh, that was wrong, but it's too late because you laughed because I'm right mm. and. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I, I write as a defense attorney. That's what I, I would do in a, a perfect world if there was no comedy. I would be a defense attorney and so that's find all the fucking holes in your argument. So that's really interesting. Yeah. So what, what do you mean by that? You write like a defense attorney. Like, uh, this is what you just said, finding the holes. Yeah, so yeah find, find the holes. But, but what find the loopholes in, okay, follow the mob. Yeah. And then go, why, why is the mob wrong here? And and then deconstruct that. If so I like had any material about the Queen, right. 
Yeah. There was the, the reverence for dead people. Like, why? So let's write your queen material now. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's that's so interesting. So you go with the with the mob. You see what the mob believe or the, the group of people that with the general consensus. And then you pick the holes in it in order to create the comedy. The, 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 my favorite bits have been where, okay, I'm going to take something that would go against the grain of the audience, mm. find a fucking loophole that makes perfect sense, like a defense attorney, yeah. and then you can't handle the truth. Mm. Yeah. That's what I used to enjoy doing as well. It's a great, it's a, it's a great feeling. Um, are, are it's a- also that, you know, when I think of it that way, the audience is also in a, place where if they do laugh at the wrong thing how much do the we should interview the audience sometime (laughs) how much pressure are you under to not laugh at a specific joke because you feel outside pressure oh if i laugh at that i could be canceled as well as a human being i wonder because cancel culture me too has only affected the famous people well, I used to I remember I used to watch people in in, in um, the audience, and sometimes people would laugh at a, at a joke that was of that time, and then they'd look around. You could literally yeah. watch yeah. them checking, and then suddenly there was oh, I'm I'm one of the few people laughing, and then they won't laugh at the next one anymore. But there was a slow burn as you, you age when you've been my age, yeah. where okay. Yeah, we slowly didn't say that anymore. Mm. Like, we just kind of over the years. Now it's in a fucking week. Wait, I said what? And now it's the worst thing. I can't keep up with the kids. Yeah, it's speeded up. It, it is speeding up, and, it, and it's certain words. It just feels like certain words, like last year it was fine to say this word. And now you're like, it's like BAME. I don't know if- But I feel like I'm so old that I remember when meant a bundle of sticks. (laughs) 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 But it did. It was a different day and age. There's the Negroni. Yeah. All right. There we go. So, but you don't feel under any kind of pressure at all because you've got your own audience. Or, or is there still that kind of, do you ever get that kind of nagging sensation of like, is this going to be the one time where they're going to get me or someone's going to get outraged? Oh, no, last night. I go, uh, this might be the time I shouldn't have been high on this tour. And I love the fact that I'm making progress by trying to adapt from a liquor place of intoxicant to a plant-based intoxicant. You're evolving. Right now, yeah, but they're overlapping, right? Uh, right now, it's your high and drunk. And yeah, last night, probably then, I should have probably dialed it back a little, uh, but what do you- But you're not canceled. You're still gonna do your stuff. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting. So like, so you, you're starting to prefer the plant-based intoxication, because I used to love- No, it. I, it's just, I, literally in the last week, every night I go, no, I did one time high on stage. I loved it. And I've been high on stage every night. And last night's the first time I went, yeah, I probably, I probably didn't f- remember to finish a lot of the s- stories I started. I might've fucked that gig up, but it was just one blemish in a otherwise stellar week. So here's <laughs> the big question. What are you going to do next time? I guess I'm going to have to find me a weed guy to follow me around because it's still illegal here in the UK. What do you think That's, about that? Well, I, what do I think about it? I yeah. just started getting high as an old man <laughs> because it's legal, because they're everywhere. I, that's how I did start literally is I accidentally ate a bunch of gummies when I was cleaning out the fucking bar before football Sunday. And I thought, no, oh, this is a... Must be a special bag of gummies. Cause you gummies. ate a bag of weed gummies. I ate four. You ate four? T- ten, okay. ten milligrams. How, what, what kind of state were you in? Well, I, that, it was weird because it was during when I was trying to do Sober October. And that's why I was out <laughs> cleaning on a Saturday night because I was sober and I didn't know what to do with myself. So I'm out there cleaning up the fucking bar for football Sunday when people come over and there was a small bag of gummies. I thought they were, someone brought, and I just ate them. And then my friend comes in and goes, you didn't notice like this, the Jamaican writing on the bag and the pot leaves? <laughs> no, I just saw there's four gummies left. So I ate them because I'm trying to fucking 
Yeah, that's how it started. So and you had so, a good football Sunday then? Yeah, and I've really enjoyed uh, this. I, I forget what we were talking about. We were talking about weed. Oh. Which is kind of appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good to see it's having an effect. <laughs> no, it's, it, it, it's, it's really been good. <laughs> I don't know, we were talking about last night, but fuck last night. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I, I actually really enjoy about weed? It doesn't have the edge that alcohol has. You know, alcohol, like, I don't know if you get this, but it, it, it's got the darkness to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, you, the, the next day with the bleakness and the darkness, and sometimes you wake up and you... I have not been hungover except for today, and that was more a weed fucking, almost like a K-hole of weed today. And on a day off, thank God. But I have not been hung over this whole tour. I have not gotten into that place where you're like, oh, fuck. I can't get that sleep back. Every day is going to suck because this is going to be on my back. <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't had that. That's, well, that's great. Next, the next thing, you're going to be joining the gym. Don't, don't see that happening. <laughs> that's not a side effect of weed. Is, uh, I want to do crunches. <laughs> but no, that... I just find that, and I'd I'd love to get your opinion on this as someone who is a drinker and enjoys drink. To me, it's the worst drug. It's the worst drug, surely. Yeah, but I got good at it. It's kind of, if you were an Olympian and at some point right before you turned into fucking Caitlin instead of Bruce, you thought, (laughs) ah, shit, I should have done luge. (laughs) Yeah. I get a name for myself by doing fucking discus and decathlon, whatever fucking Bruce Jenner did. What if he decided I want to be a woman and I, I should have done the luge? What's luge? I don't even know. That, the point is, I'm a drunk, but I should have, <laughs> like, I should have done different drugs with my life. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the one I got good at, and it's the one I'm known for, and I'm going to stick with the broad that brought me. <laughs> So you're not going to use this as an opportunity, your, your, you know, your 50s, in order to explore the other drugs. You're not going to try mushroom. We're not going to see uh, Doug Stanhope. Oh, no, I've, uh, no I, was a, I, I did my very fair share of hallucinogens early on in life when it was easy to do because yeah. you didn't have a bunch of baggage. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and was, did that have an effect on your comedy, hallucinogens? Absolutely. What yeah. was it? It's just the, the 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 freedom of mind where you're just following thoughts to the just Hannigan and I drove. We did. Uh, just your manager. Yeah, yeah. the Scotsman. He. Uh, I thought he was, he was Irish. <laughs> that did not go <laughs> down well. Oh no, he hates. He hates the Irish. He hates the English. And he hates the Scots. Don't we all? I mean, that he just sounds like himself a as much as he hates everyone, and he hates everyone from this country. But he has different reasons. <laughs> anyway, we drove five hours. One of the days we didn't take a train. We we took a five-hour car service, and he said up front because he knows I hate music. Asked the guy who's about to drive us five hours if he could do this without his fucking stupid music on because I like to think and I really enjoy we didn't talk for five hours not the driver not me and Brian for five hours on a day trip because I like thinking that much Mm. my fucking head is always a source of entertainment for me or a problem whatever it is but it's always on it and I fucking hate music because it interrupts my thoughts which are what the fuck am I talking about? Don't <laughs> you have you power to shut this down? <laughs> <laughs> I asked you about hallucinogens and how they changed the comedy because uh, yeah. I ha- I've never taken hallucinogens, but um, my understanding is it kind of opens your mind a lot, right? Yeah. Why don't you just make a part two and then you guys, we, we can all be shut like, this yeah. down. <laughs> you go fucking trip. I, I would demand if I had kids that at some point before graduation, they trip because you don't fucking know anything about life. No, there is that magical experience when you trip that you suddenly look around at nature and you go, oh, this is fucking beautiful. And you just don't have that 
Or maybe not. No, didn't have that. Well, no, I, as I've, I've gotten older where you go, uh, okay, being high, and I, I, I gave high lots of chances when I was a mm. teenager, and, and now that I'm old high, and I go, oh, this makes music sound even better. But now I know that I know that music sucks. Yeah. So I feel like I'm being tricked by the drug. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the Marrakesh Express. This song sucks and I'm singing it out loud and I'm embarrassing myself because I'm new to the drug. I had that experience with ecstasy. I'm like, I used to listen to the electronic music, you know, like the whole rave scene dance, and you're like, this music sounds shit when you're sober. Yeah. If you need to take a pill to make the music sound good, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah, then just shut off the fucking music, and if you can't entertain yourself... That is a good point. So, what do you think, like, when you go on those car journeys, you talk about your thoughts. What do you think about? Is it the comedy that you're trying to write? Is it a bit? Is it It could questioning? be trying to recreate a dream you had last night. Another benefit to the weed. Sleep so good. Yeah. And, and, and my fucking dreams are the best highs. And I, I try to manipulate my dreams and... And they're, they're boring to talk about. It's, you really have to be an insular person to enjoy your dreams. Doug, I think I'm I not- hate myself. I'm watching my podcast in my head. I'm watching what you're watching, and I'm like, just shut the fuck up, <laughs> dude. What would you ask you if you were doing this podcast right now? I don't know. Uh, the troll me? <laughs> Every time someone trolls you, like, ah, uh, I would, if if you could get paid to be a troll, I was way better at trolling, upsetting, pranking people than I was ever as a comedian. And if there was a way to do I know it's awful and wrong, and that's why school shootings happen. <laughs> Everything about it is wrong. But I was so fucking good at it. And now you go, ah, uh, why would I do that to someone? Yeah. yeah, or you could do it. I mean, if you want to monetize trolling, you start a YouTube show called Trigonometry. <laughs> yeah, you guys got to teach me about monetizing. We have definitely. Who's your who's your, uh, who's your sponsors? Uh, well, we don't know who's going to be in this episode, but yeah, no, but like it, the Manscaped, and yeah, VPNs, and people like that. Yeah. Right. yeah. So use promo code Stanhope <laughs> on all of their. <laughs> Do you have a website or do you plan to have a website? Because if you do, then EasyDNS is the company for you. EasyDNS is the perfect domain name registrar provider and web host for you. They have a track record of standing up for their clients, whether it be cancel culture, de-platform attacks, or overzealous government agencies. He knows about that. So will you in a second. <laughs> EasyDNS have rock solid network infrastructure and fantastic customer support. They're in your corner no matter what the world throws at you, unless it's your ex-girlfriend, in which case you're on your own. <laughs> you know about that. <laughs> Move your domains and websites over to EasyDNS right now. All you've got to do is go to easydns.com forward slash triggered. That's easydns.com forward slash triggered. Use our promo code, which is also triggered, and get 50% off the initial purchase. Sign up for their newsletter, Access of Easy, which tells you everything you need to know about technology, privacy, and censorship. <laughs> Who are your influences as a comic, Doug? Uh, Dice Clay was the one that got me to actually do stand-up. Like, yeah. I, I would repeat his first album. Everyone my age knew every word of that. Fucking this. I don't... It was perfect at the time. And we're kind of at that time again, everything being cyclical. Dice Clay, Sam Kinison, all the outlaws of comedy, mm. fucking bitch. They came off the heels of 10 years of Jerry Seinfeld mm. and Paul Reiser and Ellen DeGeneres and watch up with airplane food. And this was the refreshing break from was Dice Clay, fuck you and Sam Kinnison. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's because you had fucking 10 years of really boring fucking benign comedy and that spurred that. So when you bitch about cancel culture, 
just think of it as a business deal. Like, oh, okay, now we can maybe have maybe uh, genres of comedy. Rather than comedy club, they don't have music club. They have different sub-genres and maybe, okay, I'm a, a woke comedy night and it's a safe space. There's nothing wrong with that. Like the fucking simpletons that yell out, talk about the queen, that try to give you comedy advice. <laughs> well, what, this is bullshit, woke comedy. You should be, comedy should be about everything. No, comedy should be fucking put in a, so you don't walk into comedy that you hate. It shouldn't be just labeled comedy. Well, we have that. Uh, there's a there is a woke comedy night in the UK. Yeah. And we also have Comedy Unleashed in London, which is like say whatever you want, make whatever yeah. jokes you want. Mm. Uh, it's pretty limiting when you look at the genres of music, which is symphony and mumble rap and EDM and fuck this yeah. and that. There's a million, and uh, we have woke and love. Uh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is right. splitting people into fucking sides yet again and party lines and it all. I agree with you because uh, I was never a fan of the work stuff. I was, by the way, never a fan of the gr overly offensive stuff either. I was sort of leaning towards that, but not really doing that. But I never thought woke comedy should be like banned or whatever. I just, I don't enjoy it. Other people enjoy it. Let them go and see it. That's what I... What, Again, when the audience thinks they're part of the fucking conversation, like yeah. they know what you do. Like that lady on Twitter that I should have never looked at Twitter. <laughs> he should have just. What do you make of social media? <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't know. I can't even remember if I said this on the podcast or before when we were talking. But the lady that was. You did. Yeah, you, you did. did yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I'm asking. Yeah. You, you mentioned social media a lot and you yeah. talked about how people are divided online, but actually when you go out into the real world, most people aren't. So do you think that is a product of social media? Social media has made it that way, that people are screaming It's made pitching. me that way, because yeah. again, it's all your, your own perception of the world and how you craft that. Yeah, if you sit on social media and you're not even aware that, oh, this is not real life. I at least am aware enough, okay, that's not real life. But it still sucks you in. Maybe people, I have no idea. You'd have to ask everybody their goddamn opinion. And that's it, isn't it? That we just go on this, this device, we get sucked in, and then we go, oh, this is someone's opinion. And you're like, probably isn't. They probably just wrote that. They didn't even think about it. But same, at the same, same time, I go to a bar and I see a bunch of people talking that probably work together in an office, a situation I've never really been in in my life. Yeah. And they're communicating. You go, all right, they're, every one of those people's lives is different than my perception of even my own life. And there's no consensus. This is the problem with the high part, is you just start breaking shit down like you're just thinking and you go, oh, I'm on a four camera shoot right now. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there doing what I'd be doing in my head. Don't we have questions from the audience? No, we do actually. Why don't we go to the- Shit. See, Doug, I am feeling high just sitting next to you right yeah. now. I was sober when I walked in there, so. Um, well, you guys almost killed your waters. Yeah, we did almost kill the waters. Absolutely. There's one question. So you had the dice clay. Were you a Hicks fan, Bill Hicks? Or Not till later on. I had to be hipped to someone yeah. who knew Hicks. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, later on. And, yeah, and enjoyed Hicks. Yeah. But it was not, yeah, it was the stupid shit that got me into comedy. And who's your, do, you, do you watch comedy? <clears throat> who's your favorite? No. no, you don't. Fuck no. Yeah. Uh, my favorite of all time is David Tell, mm -hmm. oh, hands yeah, down. Yeah. Is, and it's weird to be at an age where you can pull a superlative when someone says, what's your favorite movie or song? Yeah. I don't know, I'm fucking old. I've, I had a million favorite songs and best friends, but best comic, uh, yeah, hands down, Tell, Mitch Hedberg. Uh, uh, second place. Well, you're going to enjoy Jerry Sadowitz whenever you see him in that case. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, man, we do have uh, questions from the audience, but before we do, we always end with the same question. 
which is complete free hit, which is what is the one thing that we're not talking about that you think we really should be? Well, I think I addressed that earlier. The uh, prison system. Uh, yeah. Tell us more about that. Why do you feel so strongly about it? It, 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 it hurts everyone. It's one of those things I know, all right, this fucking comedy brain, I knew. I know if I could attack that bit from a conservative angle that makes conservatives, MAGA people, feel a little bit emasculated for, like, why would you allow this? Go, f like, pro-anti-government, why would we? Because prison just makes communities worse. It makes everything worse. There's nothing rehabilitative in it. There's everything about it sucks. That's the problem. It's like, if I say, Tell me uh, one song you want me to play right now. And you go, well, I'm fucking an adult. I've heard a million songs. Like, yeah. what's the problem with prison? Fucking everything. And it makes society worse. And we're, and you, 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 you're proud to pay for it. Do you think we shouldn't have prisons at all? There's going to be a better idea. Uh, like what? There's fucking writers out of work that are comedy writers. I don't know. If I had the idea, I'd quit comedy. If I could go <laughs> full bore on this is a better idea. You don't like but prison. But almost together. everything, and I don't know if, I, I grew up thinking eventually I'm going to go to jail and get diabetes because that was those were threats. You're going to keep eating candy? <laughs> You're so, gonna so fucking get that you diabetes. Like this prison, just in case you one day end up in. <laughs> yeah, like with, diabetes. You, with diabetes. Yeah, uh, you're, you keep causing trouble. You're gonna prison. wind up in jail. You keep <laughs> eating candy. You're gonna fucking wind up with diabetes. Yeah. And yeah. Now I'm terrified of the fucking wrongly accused innocence project. If I die on this tour, which every time I'm in the UK, I know I'm gonna die on this loneliest fucking planet, horrible place. <laughs> But Innocence Project, that's where you send your uh, donations. <laughs> All right. Well, you've just had an introduction to the wonderful mind of Doug Stanhope. Doug, you're on tour at the moment. You're going to be doing stuff in, in Las Vegas, I think. Yeah, it's... It's on your website. It's all on your website. Thanks so much for joining us. We're going to ask you a couple of questions from our supporters. Thanks for watching us. Oh, we're, we're going to Patreon? Uh, yeah. Good. I saved some fucking good shit. shit. Hey, non-Patreon people, <laughs> I saved the good shit for... Hello. Go ahead. You saved the good shit Donate. Donate now. <laughs> no other guest has done that. Yeah. Doug, Doug is great. Yeah, absolutely. Join our locals. We'll see you there with a couple of your questions for Doug. Uh, see you there. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you very soon. We normally end it on a more professional note. Oh my God! This fuck no. But what's going to happen next? Exactly. No one knows. No it's going to be on locals. Gonna Fucking check it out. This is a question from Icky Ike, who says, "How hard is it for you to perform sober?" Before you go, consider joining our exclusive member feed. As a member, you'll get ad-free and extended interviews. Click the membership link in the podcast description or find the exclusive episodes link on your podcast listening app to join us.